0: You have likely encountered the astrology sign Gemini, and probably seen that this zodiac sign is depicted by the ancient Greek twins Castor and Pollux, who were immortalised in the night sky's constellation. It is not a massive jump then to decipher that the word trigemini, or trigeminal, originates from the Latin for three twins, or as we would call them today, triplets. And as it goes, this term is a great name for the three-branched major sensory nerve of the face, the trigeminal nerve. This week then, let's talk about the trigeminal nerves, fleshing out some details on function, course, and a smidgen of clinical relevance for good measure. The trigeminal nerve belongs to a group of 12 paired cranial nerves which leave the ventral surface of the brain. And as we have spoken about prior, each of these cranial nerves have a rather specialised and important function. The trigeminal nerve is the fifth cranial nerve, which is sometimes shortened to CNV, where CN stands for cranial nerve and V is the Roman numeral for five. You have two trigeminal nerves, a right and a left, and they originate from either side of your pons. And ultimately, these are going to connect to either side of the face, Cranial nerve five is the largest of the cranial nerves, which gives an idea that it carries a lot of information and has an important function. And it does. What is its function then? Well, as my opening spiel mentioned, this nerve has three large branches that derive its name. And these are the ophthalmic, maxillary and mandibular branches. And each of these has a major role carrying sensory information from the face. The ophthalmic branch, sometimes shortened to V1, transmits sensory information from the eye, the forehead, and the upper face. V2, or the maxillary branch, covers sensation of the distribution of the midface, specifically the maxilla, upper jaw, the nose and palate. And finally, V3, the mandibular branch, which is by far the largest of the branches, carries sensory information from the lower face, the lower jaw, mandibular teeth, and some of the oral cavity structures. However, of all the branches, V3 is the most interesting because unlike V1 and V2, the third branch also carries efferent fibres that have a motor function. These fibres innervate the striated muscles of mastication, also one muscle in the ear, one of the palatal muscles and a couple of muscles in the neck. Now, despite this, it is important to remember that although this nerve lives in the face and to a lesser extent has some motor function, It is not the facial nerve. Cranial nerve 7, which is the major motor nerve to the face, to the muscles of facial expression. And as such, it has nothing to do with facial palsy or Bell's palsy. A weakness in the trigeminal nerve does not give you facial weakness. This is a common mistake we see in exams all the time. The trigeminal nerve is therefore often summarised as the major sensory nerve to the face, but it has more to it than that. There are further branches and details we could add here, but let's save that for another time. Now, cranial nerves are so called because they begin life inside the cranium or skull, and they pass out of the cranial cavity via little holes called foramen. Knowing which hole in the skull corresponds to which structure is something that all anatomy students will experience at some point, and it is best taught with a skull in hand and pipe cleaners. But for completeness, let's summarise where each major branch of the trigeminal nerve leaves the cranium. V1, first of all, then, passes through the superior orbital fissure, which can be found in the posterior of the orbit. V2 passes through a hole called the foramen rotundum, which is a passageway to the midface. And V3 passes through the foramen ovale, or oval-shaped hole, on its way to the mandible. There are multiple other branches and more detail to add here, but as my Italian friends would say... Piano piano, we'll go into lots more of the detail another time. Let's finish on some clinical relevance then. Damage to the trigeminal nerve will cause some sort of sensory disturbance or paresthesia, and its distribution will largely depend on which branch is injured. It is possible that compression or irritation in the nerve can also cause pain, and pain from the trigeminal nerve is given a specific term. It is called trigeminal neuralgia. Now, This can be caused by a myriad of precipitating events such as trauma or neoplasms. It can even be caused by damage to the nerve after an infection, such as seen in shingles where the varicella virus has reactivated in the nerve, leaving the patient with post-hepatic neuralgia. However, by far the most common cause is a small loop of blood vessel compressing one of the branches of the nerve causing the characteristic neuropathic type pain. Episodic, severe, sudden onset, electric shock-like pain or pins and needles are often reported in trigeminal neuralgia. The treatment of this depends on the underlying cause, but atypical analgesics often have a good effect, and these are such as amitriptyline and gabapentin. This type of pain is classically not improved with simple analgesics or opioids. If medicine is ineffective, then more invasive procedures such as neurosurgery may be an option. For which, knowing the anatomy of the trigeminal nerve is essential. And that is all folks, the three-branch trigeminal nerve, the major sensory nerve of the face with some motor function. My name is Chris Summers and I will catch you next time on Dissectable Me.